welcome to our podcast. We are beloved daughters of Christ. And this is At The Well. Welcome back everyone to our third Advent series, Angels We Have Heard On High. And what does that have to do with receiving in messages? Why should we know about angels or care? I'm coming at you as Alex, as per usual, with my girls, Erica and Rachel. And today we have an awesome special guest who I'm going to get Rachel to introduce. Thank you, Alex. Um, We have a special guest today. We're very excited to have one of our Archdiocese's newest priests, Father Michael Corpus, joining us today. He just recently finished his studies for his Master's of Divinity at St. Augustine Seminary here in Toronto. And prior to that, Father Michael had a career in the corporate world working at the CN Tower and has brought so much skills and talents into his ministry now that we're really excited for him. And we've all been praying and watching him go through this process and finally becoming ordained in such a unique year. Uh, Mm. So it's a very different experience, I'm sure, (laughs) than a lot of other priests. We certainly are excited to have him join us. He's been a great supporter of our podcast. A lot of the ways in which we've grown over the last few months has been thanks to his feedback. So we are truly appreciative of having him today. And so, Father Michael, would you kindly lead us in prayer? For sure. Thank you, Rachel. And again, thank you, Alex. And thank you, Erica, for having me on this wonderful podcast. As Rachel has said, I've been listening to this for some time. And I've been following you in your spiritual lives, but also in your ministries in the church. So I'm, I'm very thankful to be part of that. And I'd gladly lead us in a prayer. Just as an introduction, though, I've, I found this kind of neat little song. It's called a troparion. And they basically sing it at the end of Vespers in the Eastern Church, even, in, even the Orthodox Church. And it's just close to the dismissal of Vespers, so an evening prayer that we would pray in common in the Eastern Church. So in a sense, this is not necessarily my prayer, but it is a hymn, and it's a lovely hymn that's usually sung in Greek. And so it goes like this. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today is the beginning of our salvation, and the revelation of the eternal mystery. The Son of God becomes the Son of the Virgin, as Gabriel announces the coming of grace. Together with him, let us cry to the Theotokos. Together with him, let us cry to the Theotokos. Rejoice, O full of grace, the Lord is with you. Almighty God, we give you thanks for this wonderful gift of time. And in this time, we know that you have also given us this great gift of angels who accompany us on our journey to our heavenly destination. We ask that you continue to fill this time with all the graces uh, that we need, uh, especially uh, as we minister to each other and to your faithful people. We ask that you give us all those blessings, all in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Michael. And like Alex mentioned in our introduction for today, we are actually going to be talking about what it is to receive messages and the title is called angels we have heard on high and i remember us thinking it would be nice to have father michael for this episode because in an apt way he's named after an archangel who is obviously saint michael Mm -hmm. so as we get started father michael on this episode just to 
to touch upon the theme of receive and angels, it seems very evident when we stop to pay attention that the Christmas story is filled with angels. They're everywhere. There's an angel who appears to Mary, an angel who appears to Joseph, to Zechariah, and they're definitely sending lots of messages as messengers. So we were hoping you could unpack for us what are angels and where do they fit in the hierarchy of being? And especially, how do we distinguish angels from human beings? Sure. I think the the best way to think of it is that even in the story of Genesis, when all was being created, the heavens and the earth were really the, the first creations, in a sense, the dwelling places of what was to come. And so in that way, I would say that angels are those beings that live in the heavens. And we know that the heavens are not necessarily a place like earth is that you know the earth has space it also has time and in that gift of time that we receive we're able to kind of work out our salvation participate in the grace that god is giving us to basically reach our eternal destination which is heaven versus the angels who were pure spiritual beings and i think even in the catechism it says something about how saint augustine points out that the name angel, which uh, again means messenger, it is a description of their function. But if you are to ask uh, St. Augustine what they are, he would simply say their being, uh, what they are, is pure spirit. So in a way, when we think of, you know, like earthly things, we, we normally think of material time and space. However, when we think of angels, we would think of immaterial or spiritual existence. Yeah, you know what's really interesting about that too is that even if we're looking in many images like of art where angels are depicted, they never have a shadow. Mm. Uh, so I like that you're talking about like they're purely spiritual beings. So You know, the funny thing in scripture is that there are so many descriptions of angels in different ways. We know that, I mean, if you're talking about hierarchy of angels, we know that there are nine choirs of angels broken out into three uh, hierarchies. And so those hierarchies are the seraphim at the top and the cherubim and the thrones, and then also the dominions, virtues, and powers, and then principalities, archangels, and angels. And within the scriptures, they are described in very different ways, sometimes having multiple faces and multiple wings. I think the seraphim might be described with two wings covering their face and two wings covering their feet and two wings used for flying or, or something like that. In essence, like there, the descriptions of the angels are always quite different. It may lead to the fact that, in fact, there are distinct functions for various types of angels. Yeah, I, I often thought, what it, what would happen if I saw one coming towards me? Because, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'd be as calm as some of, of, some of these figures are in the, in, in the Bible. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking like, this is something I've never seen before, right? And how receptive would I be to this being coming towards me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Rachel, no, you know what's, what's funny as you said that it it's not a coincidence then that the angel Gabriel says to Mary, "Be not afraid," be not afraid. because it's like he's anticipating that that's a scary thing. Yeah. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> I come in peace, right? Yeah, no, really, I, I've often thought of that, yeah. and then you know, and I've thought about how some of these individuals, as we mentioned in the story, they don't react that way, and. There must be peace that comes as well from being in their presence at the same time and just knowing that 
there's a certain type of reverence that happens in this moment when an angel comes because it is not a common thing but when we think about this we also have to understand that the people that they did come to see were probably disposed to receiving that message to begin with and so father michael what would you say would probably prepare us as humans to be able to receive this type of message that might be sent to whoever it is that needs to hear it I think you so rightly described uh, this sense of fear, you know, that most people would have. I, I mean, if you could just imagine an eagle soaring towards you, you definitely would maybe shriek or... Oh my or gosh, you, this right? reminds me of a video of a Canadian goose chasing this woman exactly. and actually chased her into the car. I just saw it recently. I saw yeah, that you know too. what I'm talking about, I, right? I, I saw that was crazy. <laughs> but no doubt you would... You would be scared if this goose was attacking you or if this goose was approaching you or some sort of image. And in fact, I suppose angels in a way can appear in various ways, whether it could be like a vision within a dream or it could be an appearance in bodily form, taking on like the appearance of a man or woman. It can be quite frightening in the sense that they could appear as a vision in a dream, but perhaps in a dream you, you wouldn't have the same reaction as an angel taking bodily form. The third one, perhaps even just as an inspiration, maybe an inclination towards something. So again, that may not be as frightening, but definitely when you're describing taking on bodily form, that could be quite difficult. In order to be receptive, I don't know, like it's very difficult to say. Like, could you imagine just even in the state that we are right now, or even in the state that maybe Mother Teresa was in, if she experienced the appearance in bodily form of an angel, do you think she would also just say, oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) come and sit and eat you know like I I think I don't know whether we can actually be prepared for that but we can do things obviously to prepare for it and I think the most obvious uh, sense is firstly having an awareness that we are always surrounded by an accompaniment of an angel namely our guardian angel and the other thing too there are angels in a sense uh, everywhere there are angels for diocese and there are angels again for other inspirations like virtues it's necessary to develop that understanding which we don't often do even in the catholic church that angels are a reality perhaps our most common visions of them are those cute little heads floating with a bunch <laughs> of wings or maybe i mean i went to buffalo a few years ago and Our Lady of Victories, there's this basilica there, I believe, and it has 1,500 angel statues. It kind of shows you the magnificence of the angelic powers, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it maybe caricaturizes it in a way that sometimes makes it too superficial. I think we have to come to the reality that we are always being accompanied by our angels. And then prayer, you know, prayer to them and prayer to the Lord. Right. I feel like that really brings to a great point where I think there's a lot of misconceptions on angels and misunderstandings and i think uh, one example that i think we've all seen a lot is that very commonly people will refer to as like humans that have now passed away oh now they're your angel looking down on you right but i think uh, something you're really touching on is that they are spiritual beings and they can take bodily form but they're not humans so can you like go a bit into that misconception and how we should view them Sure, yeah. I think it's a very huge like misconception that obviously is 
often encountered in, in funerals where, you know, sometimes I hear these words of Christian remembrance, uh, you know, either a, a daughter or a son uh, that is talking about their parents having moved on or a grandparent having moved on and now they are in heaven as an angel. And the reality is we would wish for our loved ones beyond the time that they have here to make their way towards heaven. But being an angel is completely different than being like an earthly creature, one that's created like us that has both body and soul composite, like together, not two things glued together, but actually literally together joined, versus an angel who is just pure spirit. In this mystical way, and I was talking to Erica before the podcast, in this very mystical way, it's hard to understand how something spiritual could enter into our time and space to interact with us. But just for familiarity, occasionally they take on this bodily form. We will, at the point of our death, our body and soul are separated. Obviously what we see at a funeral is the body that is remaining. But the life force, so to speak, that was once there, we, we can detect is gone. And that is the soul that has moved on towards judgment and towards awaiting to be rejoined with the body at some point. So in a way, yes, the soul might be a spiritual element of us. It does move on beyond our death, but our eternal state is to be rejoined with our body. Right. Yeah. And also that like we, God willing, will become saints, right? As humans becoming saints. And I think usually people just mix it up. Yeah. And I think maybe it was part of that misconception could come from even the way we refer to Michael, Gabriel, and uh, Raphael as, as saints. In a sense, you know, why do we call them saints? You know, mm-hmm. some people might ask me that. And I, I basically say that typically it's just like when we use saints, like canonized saints in the church, it's to distinguish those who are believed now and known to be in full communion with our Lord versus Saints Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Their saintliness is really to describe them as having a closeness to God, not having gone through the same journey that we as earthly creatures do. So I could see how maybe some people confuse our state after death and our movement towards heaven as a becoming an angel becoming an instead angel. of yeah. a saint yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah wow that's a really helpful clarification <laughs> just to understand yeah. and obviously it's it's still going to be confusing to understand a being that's outside of time or eternal but it's really nice uh, just hearing your explanation as to how to make sense of that so i think in terms of continuing with our practical applications i, I liked how you pointed out that the angelic reality is all around us Sometimes Christmas stories and the biblical narrative help us see the activity of angels with the shepherds, with Joseph's dream, with Mary, but it actually manifests that ongoing reality that angels are always with us. They're not just in the Christmas story. Building on that aspect, we know that angels as messengers want to send us messages. And funnily enough, in Christmas time, I think we always get caught up with other messages, right? Christmas greetings, Christmas cards, all the things we just want to exchange with our loved ones. But we know through the angels that the most important message we can receive in our life is God's will and what God wants us to do. So do you have any practical tips on how we can take God's advice, so to speak, on how to prepare for Christmas and how we can enter that greater spirituality of what God really wants us to receive? Perhaps especially in this time, uh, it would be fitting to maybe read over the nativity stories. I, I think that's one way, maybe not even read, but to pray about them. Because in this sense, like we were, as we're talking about angels, I think that one can never really prepare 
oneself for a message from an angel. In fact, quite often we might attribute certain things as happening uh, due to the intervention of an angel, but in some sense we really can never know. But we know of these facts, we know that angels exist, and we know of these facts that they, they do interact with us because of these stories. So I think maybe a, like a good thing, and I'm, I'm sure you know in the weeks that started Advent, people have been going over the narratives, but maybe just going over the narratives that have the presence of angels, especially the nativity narratives. St. Gabriel happens to be one of those great figures that is there for the nativity. And for instance, the Annunciation, as I kind of prayed about earlier on in the podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, praying over these stories, because quite often, you know, I think that the angels are trying to intervene in our lives. Like, whether it's in the smallest of things or whether it's in the larger of things, they're trying to intervene and they're trying to give us, in a sense, inspiration and also give us messages. And in that way, too, we are to return our prayers through them, you know, be thankful for them, but also return our prayers to them. So one practical piece of advice may be reading scripture, a simple thing. Another thing, too, is uh, perhaps praying to the angels. How often do we pray that prayer of the guardian angel, guardian angel, my guardian dear? Quite often we think it's a kid's prayer, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's for uh, something that you just teach your your daughter or your son, and then you're just like, okay, we go on. And and then we never talk about angels again, you know, Uh, other than, I don't know, like, there are these other things like Highway to Heaven or <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself. These other <laughs> touched by an angel. But we make light of it in, in that way. And, and uh, yeah, I think we have to be real about angels. They are powerful beings. Even if they did appear as a, a baby face with six wings, at the end of the day, they are, <laughs> they are powerful. And uh, we need to acknowledge that and be thankful because they were there with us from our birth mm-hmm. and they will continue to be with us uh, forever so it was actually a funny conversation that I'll share with you guys really quickly was we were talking about it at work in the office first we were talking about how a lot of people especially when you're a child you don't realize all the things that your parents do for you and they're always working for you around in the background and you don't know all the things that they've taken care of you just kind of go through life thinking oh this is just the way it's it is right and so you don't really acknowledge all the work that's put into what it means to have a house for you and and shelter you and feed you and all these things that go into it and the the conversation evolved to man what are our guardian angels saying about us they're probably like fighting off all of these things for (laughs) us and they're constantly working and they're like man these guys are lazy they do nothing (laughs) i'm putting in some ot all the time i'm always working extra for this girl and she just you know doesn't even know she doesn't even say thank you (laughs) kind of thing and we we're joking around but in in truth they are powerful beings and they are with us all the time and they definitely are battling in that spiritual warfare on our behalf of things that we don't even know that's happening uh, and then there's obviously the good things too that we benefit from but in our humility we have to acknowledge as well that these are god's creatures and they are powerful and they have a specific duty and i remember reading something that i thought was so beautiful which was that your guardian angel was created to be your guardian angel like their whole Mm -hmm. destiny was to be there with you for eternity you know when you think about that 
then it's kind of like, I, I need to talk to them. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I need to. And, and as a mother priest had told me, like, you should also be asking your guardian angel to speak with your children's guardian angels as well so that there is an affiliation with all of them and they can work together. That's cool. To protect your family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, like we can pray to others' guardian angels. Mm-hmm. My husband and I started doing this nightly now where we pray to the guardian angels of our godchildren and think just that's a good way of spiritually invoking protection from them because they have one just like we have one yeah yeah that's beautiful so one of the main things as we mentioned several times now and father michael you kind of elaborated further is that this is truly a time where we see the angels so heavily involved in this story of the nativity which only means that this was such a huge event in time for god to have sent them here to make sure that we all knew what was about to happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the shepherds saw the angels in the field. We say it every Sunday in the Gloria, and it's such a moment in time that repeats itself over and over and over again. At Mass, the angels are all around us. Whoever's there, their guardian angel's there, plus all the other angels that are there worshiping God with us. And such a beautiful moment to think about all of God's creatures coming together and giving back to him what's rightfully his. Yeah, I think I think that's a beautiful point, and perhaps I missed answering your question because I started talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> but in actuality, yeah, an important point to know that the the angels are like in abundance, are always kind of accompanying us. But also in scripture, I think that the scriptural references to them they increase greatly during this nativity because something, as I was praying about at the beginning of the podcast, something special is about to happen. Our salvation is about to enter into the world. And so no doubt the, the precursor to our salvation, which would be John the Baptist, would be announced. And all these preparations, even the Annunciation, at every point of the step uh, unfolding towards finally our Lord's arrival in human form on earth. And uh, again, it's such a mystical moment that in fact, as we continue to go to Mass, in some sense, we are uh, always waiting for that arrival, not just his second coming, but as we are preparing the Eucharist, praying the Eucharistic prayer, we are witnessing kind of an assembly again, an announcement of of what is to come, and it is our salvation. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts. And this is the refrain of the seraphim in heaven. Like, I think really their only task is to continue to glorify and to praise God. And so we have this kind of like great announcement of the Lord coming into the world through scripture, but also you so well said through the mass. Such an amazing moment. Father, so I have a question that I've heard can be quite controversial, Mm -hmm. and it's about people naming their guardian angels. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know. There's a debate out there, I think. What do you guys think? It creates uh, them to be associated with a gender, and if they're outside of time and of an actual bodily form, then, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think, you know what? What's really funny is that when I was a kid and somebody first told me about this guardian angel that I had, I automatically, as a kid, named my guardian angel because I I named everything, my teddy bears, everything, (laughs) right? So I named my guardian angel and then I became like older and somebody said, you're not supposed to name your guardian angel. And it was like, it was so bad and they were so mad at me for doing it. So then I stopped using it. But I couldn't help but like in my mind thinking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's it's hard mm-hmm. because as humans, we're so used to putting a label on something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. And then I thought to myself, like, would God really get mad at me for this? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I was a kid, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, you know what's what's funny is, uh, like, you're right in, in both accounts. For instance, you know, what if you give your angel a name and then it doesn't match their description or mm-hmm. how they, they are? Uh, like, you touched on the point also about gender. So, for instance, what if you gave your guardian angel a name like Michael? Like, what is, is that a male name or is that not? So, I don't know. Like, these are, these are strange things. I have to say that, you know, even while I approached kind of preparing for the show, there was a debate amongst priests and lay people and this whole thought of giving names. So, some are completely opposed to giving a name, and I, I get why. And some are encouraging of asking your guardian angel for their names. The only difficulty is that even if you got this message of, uh, you got this message of a name, you know, how can you really know that that was maybe not something that maybe you made up or, mm-hmm. or whatnot? But I have to say, even in my own experience, I thought of my guardian angel, and I don't know why, but even though my name was Michael, I thought my guardian angel's name was Michael. I just naturally <laughs> thought. And then later on, as I was studying theology, I came to find out that angels actually don't have a gender. They don't have a sex. So I thought all those depictions were manly depictions of Michael. But when you look closer, actually, the features are more like neutral in a sense. The facial features are not as hard. Maybe the the angel has longer hair, but then maybe a body that is more conformed to a masculine image. You know, so it it was a weird thing to find out that angels firstly didn't have matter. Uh, they don't have a body, they can't be either male or female. They're, they're outside of that in a sense. But definitely it's amazing how uh, this thought of a name, uh, but I wouldn't doubt, I don't know, uh, you know, just from a practical point of view, if you were inspired one day you woke up having this vision, perhaps, you know, I don't know if it, your, your guardian angel would take offense to being, being called... <laughs> Stop calling me that! <laughs> Bob! Bob. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> it's not my name! <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think so. My one of my questions was that we actually see at the time of the Annunciation, we see how Gabriel comes to Mary, and we assume it's in the ordinariness of her life, right? So, I don't know about you, but I've seen some interesting art depictions or Christmas plays, mm-hmm. <laughs> nativity plays that show Mary sweeping or Mary doing housework or Mary sitting in a courtyard or sitting by a tree, and then the angel Gabriel appears to her. So so just for fun, we all know the church doesn't take an authoritative teaching on how the angel appeared to her. Uh, what do you think Mary was doing when the angel <laughs> appeared at the Annunciation? I think she was making shawarmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's Middle Eastern. Not, okay. oh, oh, sorry. No. <laughs> No, you know, I, I, who knows? But you know, I mean, like, who 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 sits in the courtyard for for hours, and who 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 sits in you know who sits in the garden for very long? So I'm not sure. But you know, one, well, I mean, one aspect of the artwork I think that it's trying to convey is that, in some sense, I mean, in many of the depictions, there is a, a peace or tranquility that is being trying to be fostered by the person. And much like when we are trying to pray, we're encouraged to keep that silence so that God can kind of speak to us. You know, like we were always told that. So in some sense, I suppose, like these depictions are trying to convey that, you know, like try to get to a state of tranquility so that our messengers, like these angels that are meant to guard us and inspire us, we can hear them better. Yeah, because even if she was doing housework, it would be a commandeering presence and she would stop and be in receptive mode, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's a good thought, yeah. Father, I have one last question. Go for it. (laughs) It is the most serious question I will ever ask you. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> if we are all given a guardian angel at the moment that we are created at conception, but guardian angels are outside the concept of time, are they not our age? <laughs> <laughs> Do they not have an age? It's so true. You know, that is a crazy question. I can't even answer it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, in, in all my training, like, yeah, it is a, it's a crazy question. I have to just very quickly, you know, I mean, there are these concepts of eternity. And in some way, from the point of their creation, they exist forever. And I think, I don't know, the term was... Uh, semp eternality or semp eternity and I think it's a, a, a different type of eternity we're talking about it's like an everlasting rather than outside of time so uh, it is a strange phenomenon but yeah I guess your guardian angel would be 25 then thank you <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly, exactly. We're, we're all 25 there that's you go. the secret Perfect. <laughs> you're our best friend <laughs> okay beautiful so as we normally do with every podcast, as you know, Father Michael, we bring in the woman at the well mm -hmm. <laughs> and connect the story to our topic of today. Yeah. And so I think even the woman at the well, she definitely had to receive a message. So in the receiving of the message, she received God directly himself. And this direct encounter with Jesus moved from receiving this message to like this fire in her heart to be able to share it with others. And it really gave her her mission. So I think thinking about even preparing for this Christmas and, and in our daily lives, are we really open? Have we understood like expectations versus reality in life? Have we prepared our hearts so that we can also receive and prepare to receive an encounter? And are we ready to receive this message with an open and grateful heart? And I think she clearly did that. Yeah, and, and Alex, just as you were saying that, it made me think about how even the angels and their messages are around Christmas time, we're all about impelling people towards a mission, right? Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary, shepherds, go and glorify the Christ child. So it's just a nice continuing of that story, so to speak, to think that the woman at the well didn't receive the message of the Messiah through an angel, but through the Messiah himself. Mm -hmm. And uh, despite that, she was called to mission. Like that was the point. She was impelled to go forth and to go by a different way. Just like the wise men after they, they received that uh, warning mm -hmm. to go by a different way. It also reminds me even of, you know, the St. Francis prayer, the song. It's like to give of ourselves so that we may receive. And it's like all of these people were giving of themselves. Um, so that they could receive and how important that is. You can't just like bury talents or anything. And I think once you receive it, when you properly understand what that message is, it's going to propel you forward with this mission to go, just like at the end of Mass. So first we receive him mm -hmm. and then we just go. And the mission is put into our hearts and that desire just kind of pushes us out into the rest of the world to share this message. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's really neat to think the messengers are there to give us a message and then we are sent literally then as a message, right? With a mission. So yeah, it's really that's really neat to just consider how those things fit together. And as we also follow our tradition of how we end all of our episodes for Father Michael, we summarize what has been our God incident in the past little while. And a God incident is a time we felt the presence of God. Sometimes it can, it can seem like a positive or a negative incident or a high or a low but it just became tangible that God was acting in our life uh, and not coincidence, as the name suggests. So would you like to share with us your God incident most recently? No. 
Oh no, now I don't know what to do. Okay. We'll just move on then. There were so many times, you know, I was trying to reflect on this whole this whole angel thing. And uh, to be honest, uh, so recently I just started physiotherapy and, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, as a, as a priest, a new priest especially, I kind of stepped into this kind of assessment room. It was just myself and the physiotherapist. And I just remember, uh, you know, the person asked, oh, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a priest and all these things. And so I just started to kind of, in a sense, unload on, you know, the, the doctor, because normally the doctor <laughs> takes things away, right? <laughs> And so I was just like, oh, we have this news of the closure and all these things. And it's just such a sad time in a way. You know, you were talking about how perhaps you should pray for your angel to talk to another's angel. I think that in a way, perhaps my angel, guardian angel, talked to her guardian angel. Because she said to me, actually there were two physiotherapists and both of them happened to be Christian. And she said to me, yeah, you know, these times can be dark. But you know, in this time I've been getting closer to the Lord in the Bible. You know, I have been entering a Bible study and I hope soon to lead my own Bible study. Wow, uh, awesome. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, wow, you are really spreading the good news right now because even as uh, for me as a priest who in some sense is slightly discouraged by by the news maybe just an initial emotional reaction i think her angel had maybe prompted her to convey that there's there's hope in all this and the reality is you know for most of this time i have been saying that there have been so many blessings in this including you know your podcast uh, which continues to be a light in the world yeah there's just so many things that are happening that are great and will continue to happen under the guidance of our angels Thank you. Wow, that is that is a really good coincidence and, and uh, a nice way for like medicine and spirituality to, to encounter uh, what you were going through there. Mm-hmm. What about you, Rich? What would be yours? Okay, well, I actually had a couple to choose from and I was going to switch it to something fun that happened today, but I actually think I'm going to switch it back uh, to what I originally was going to talk about today. And uh, it was actually a conversation that I had with Alex last oh, night. I was thinking about that, girl. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Sorry. And Well, I'm going to be specific about a specific detail, so okay. maybe you could share something else in our conversation. But there was this God incident where, you know, as a mother with two teenagers, there's a lot of heartbreak (laughs) during this time of their lives um, as a mother just kind of watching them grow and sometimes not making the right decisions and yesterday was one of those moments where I had to watch my eldest make yet another decision that I could easily see how this is going to hurt him yet as a mother, you have to allow them to make these decisions, to be able to learn the consequences of their decisions, but also to learn how to create proper understanding of right and wrong and so on. So my dear sister in Christ, you know, she had a reflection for me and it, I've been thinking about it all day. So this is my God incident is she talked about the movie The Passion by Mel Gibson and there is a scene in that movie that is so crucial and it always has touched my heart where and even before I had children was where Mother Mary saw Jesus fall on his way to Calvary and she couldn't be near him at that time but in her mind she went back in time and thought of Jesus as a young child and him falling and how she was able to help him then. And that moment was so striking. And in that moment, there was so much 
sorrow that as a mother you're going to have to go through in times at life, but you can draw strength from Mother Mary as she witnessed and went through so much more sorrow than I can ever experience in a lifetime. But I just wanted to really say thank you to Alex for being able to give me so much to contemplate and meditate on and uh, be able to kind of continue to grow in my journey here as a Catholic woman. So thank you, mm -hmm. sister. And speaking of Alex, uh, well, <laughs> what would be your oh, God man. incident, Alex? I was thinking all about that last night, but I think um, I'll probably just go in more in general, just about, I've just seen very specifically this week how God provides, and he provides through messages from people. And that's definitely what I've had through both of you this week, and especially with our conversation last night. He just provides such peace and consolation amidst sorrow and chaos. <laughs> and I, I think just the being able to receive messages, whether it be from my husband or a couple of good sisters in Christ, it's definitely been multiple God incidents uh, for me. And I think that's, yeah, he just is so amazing and provides all the time. And so I'm very grateful. And that, that's a great note to pick up on from episode two, right? God providing in the midst of chaos because mm. our speaker, Father Edwin, from episode two, was just talking about how it definitely was not a silent night in the stable. <laughs> there was a, there were cows and sheep and the sound of animals and... Uh, dirty night. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a loud night when Jesus was born and the smells... But he finally... <laughs> Sorry. Stables, think farmyard, think farmyard. But mm -hmm. but it's actually beautiful to think that God provided and God entered into that chaos and uh, didn't shy away from it. So that's really nice hearing you say mm -hmm. that, Alex. And I think for me, I have been grateful for lately the way um, I've been really fed by this uh, this book I'm reading with with the women's ministry that I'm in. These two lovely ladies are in the same one, and the book is on Christian boundaries. And it's just been challenging me and making me contemplate in a good way how it can be very responsible and very biblical to put good boundaries in our lives, just to think about what we should spiritually keep in and prevent ourselves from and also keep out. So I think uh, that's really that's really given me a lot to think about and a lot to apply to my life, especially lately. So I'm grateful for just God working through the ministry and uh, and Alex suggesting the book and as we work through it week by week all of the new insights I gain from it and I think if that's it for this I think we'll end the episode as we usually do with a Hail Mary so in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen. Amen Hail Mary full of grace the Lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And it's really nice to think about, just as we said that now, how the first words of that prayer are the angel Gabriel's words, right? Mm -hmm. Hail, full of grace. So, so we're saying that angelic kind of incantation every time. So, And thank you guys for having me on. It's been a been a pleasure and again I, I continue to encourage you in this ministry because it's such a valuable one especially in women's ministry but uh, obviously guys like myself are, are listening too <laughs> thank you so much honestly you've been an amazing support to us like just so much tangible and concrete examples of help for us and support so 
We're so grateful. (laughs) And I found it flattering the first time you told us that you listened to us while you run. So so now when we make an episode, sometimes I think, how will this sound to Father Michael when he's running? (laughs) (laughs) Poor ears with me. (laughs) You never know when Alex will pipe up. (laughs) Thank you, guys. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Father. We really do appreciate it. We know you're a busy priest, and learning and growing with you has been such a pleasure. So thank you. God bless. All right. And thank you all for listening. God bless.